Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hello, welcome back to Oz Business Australia's only live streaming business and markets channel. Great to have your company, particularly for the next hour or so, as um, we call this segment The Call. Ten stocks suggested by you, put to two experts, and uh, they give their opinions all in 60 minutes. A big welcome to Kim Slater from Kimber Capital. Kim, good to see you. Good to see you. Henry Jennings from uh, Marcus today. Henry, good to have you back. Pleasure. Um, Lots of feedback on uh, Friday's (laughs) stoush with... uh, with Adam Dawes from uh, from Shoreham Partners. That yep. was uh, was great fun. Well, I, do, I, do, I do have to take issue with you when you call us experts. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Well, that, he's don't, talking about you, Kevin. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we, might be, we might be X after an hour. Yeah. <laughs> don't prick the bubble. All right, we look at uh, 10 stocks from you, but first of all, we look at a stock of the day, something that's a bit in the news and, and something that caught my interest. Uh, we touched on it briefly yesterday with Jumbe and, uh, and Julia, uh, that whole buy now, pay later um, area. And Sezzle today has had a big thumbs up from renowned American venture capitalist and tech investor Gene Munster. He was the bloke who backed Tesla and says that Sezzle is absolutely crushing it. Its merchant sales have surged a whopping 349% to $188 million US dollars in the past 12 months, setting the share price to a record. Uh, the buy now pay later stock is enjoying the tailwinds from the lockdown induced switch to e-commerce and uh, also the coattails of afterpay as well. Um, even though it's listed here, um, Henry, it's a it's based in the US, yep. isn't it? So yep. in the home territory where afterpay wants to have all of their growth. Well, what do you think of Sezzle? It's basically afterpay but rebranded as Sezzle and, yep. and very much focused on the US. They've taken the afterpay model. It's a very similar model yep. um, in terms of the, the buy now, pay later, the four payments spread over a period of time. Yep. But they are gaining traction. Even if you look at the website, it's, it's pretty similar to afterpay in lots of ways. Yep. So I guess it's a question of branding and getting them, themselves out there. Clearly they're doing that and it's a fraction of the price of uh, afterpay effectively. So you are getting in on what is the ground floor if you like, in some respects. But, you know, it, it's, it's such a busy sector at the moment. You've got yeah. the big daddy with Afterpay and you've got a, a bunch of other ones out there from Zip to Sezzle to Split It. They're all slightly different. Sezzle is, is kind of um, the, the most like Afterpay right. of any of them. So do they have the advantage because they're based in the US? Well, I guess they do, but Afterpay's got a massive operation in the US yeah. now. So um, they do have an advantage, but it, it's all about branding. And I think as we've seen in Australia, it kind of comes down to two. Yep. Uh, you got, kind of get two on the platform or two at the merchant uh, when you go to pay. Them. And in Australia, we've got Afterpay and Zip, clearly yep. the, the market leaders there. You've got OpenPay as well to some extent. So it's a question of getting there. The, the numbers were pretty good. Their update yesterday was pretty good. Uh, the stock price has been going nuts, as has every stock in that buy now, pay later mm. space. And they're all kind of comparing themselves and riding that coattail of Afterpay. 
it, it you know it's it's in nosebleed territory, mm. but you know if you get the right tick of approval from the right man, I was just it can wondering. Get I was just more. wondering whether Gene was any relation to Herman, <laughs> <laughs> because what you're really seeing in this in this in this sector is these almost Frankensteinian monsters in terms yep. of the size. Think of the market cap of um, Afterpay now; it's nineteen billion dollars. Yep. I mean, you, you know. What is, and 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 it doesn't make and it doesn't make money. If it does, twenty to twenty five million. Yeah, exactly. So you know, try and work the multiple out on on <laughs> on that, and you've got a lot of you've got a lot of zeros. Yeah. But having said that, when you you know if you're going to invest in the sector, my philosophy is always go with the incumbency, yeah. and that's go with afterpay. Yeah, there's all, all also the the sizzles and the afterrans and the its and the blitz and whatever yeah. Yeah. that fit on the end, but. They're getting the crumbs off the table. If you look at the, the customer acquisition that Afterpay's had um, in the last quarter, what was it, 10 million or something or other new customers? Um, the expansion it's had into the US, Canada, think also about the UK, think yeah. about Europe. I mean, this is actually getting to a point where they're almost a bank. If you know what I mean, they're not. They're, they're yeah. not. They're, they're, they're not regulated. They're not regulated. They're not regulated. They're not classed as a bank. They're not classed as a bank. But <laughs> shit, when you get a nineteen billion dollar market cap and you've got a global yeah. footprint like this, the regulators are going to start looking at this business, going, "Yep, yep you know, we, you know, something needs to be, something needs to be done about it." And <laughs> I think, and I think, the, the 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 next roadblock, I think, for this business is a bit like all of these big businesses when they reach uh, they reach a point in time. Think about Facebook. You know, when it first started, it was in an unregulated market. Then it ran head headlong into the regulators because of the the issues yep. that it faced. Afterpay is not going to be any different. Right. So I think you've got to you've got to keep in mind what are those what are those possible what are those possible roadblocks. I don't think we're that far away from it. But you know, it, you cannot. The one thing you can only do in a in a in a in a, in a sector like this, particularly when afterpay is going into the ASX top twenty. Is you've got to buy it, and you've got to buy it with your eyes closed. Right. Okay. And you, you know, you 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 got to sit there and just keep your fingers. So you wouldn't buy it, says well, you'd buy Afterpay. I'd, 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 I'd stick. I'd stick. I'd stick with. I'd stick with. Um, I'd stick with Afterpay because okay. I think that's where you're going to get the maximum. Okay. The maximum afterburn. All right. My tale of woe in this sector is I was oh, no. I was invested <laughs> in a little startup uh, called Pocketbook that was bought out by Zip. And we were given shares in Zip for our shares in, uh, in Pocketbook. <laughs> and it was the week before they announced, uh, or the government announced a Senate inquiry yep. into... Uh, and it was so dead. I thought, bugger, I'm selling out. So yep. I sold out at $3. <laughs> and, and I just haven't wanted to think about this sector ever since, no, you know, when no. you make a terrible mistake. Yeah. The, the, the thing about... Um, Afterpay in this whole sector, it's a bit like Amazon and very much like Facebook, as Kim says. You know, th these guys they run the risk of regulatory hurdles when they first sort of start out and attract the, the yeah. you know the attention of the authorities. But then they get so big that they're almost immune. It's it's a yeah. bit like when Uber appeared. You know, they yeah. were so big that the governments around the world bent over backwards to effectively change the laws, put up signs saying Uber here and all this sort of stuff to encourage this business. Because well, it when, it when it becomes a verb, well, you, know, it it's, 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 you know, it's part of the After, Afterpay is a verb now. Yeah, yeah, I, exactly. I guess Sezzle will become. And the great thing about both these business models, because they are pretty much the same, yeah. is that they are simple. 
Yeah. They're really easy to understand. They're really easy to, yeah. and, to and, explain and, to a consumer. And this is where the interesting thing about this business model is, is that the retailer bears the brunt of the cost. So it's like a 4% yes. margin. Yeah. So think about the business model. So what happens when you get a lot of competitors jockeying for that, you know, that customer yeah. dollar and they say to the retailer, oh, we won't charge you 4%, we'll, we'll charge three. you 3%. Yep. 3% yeah. becomes 2%. Yeah. So, 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 so you, you get that margin. You get that margin compression. Yeah. So, therefore, you've got to get bigger and bigger and bigger. Yeah. So, what happens in that sort of sort, sort of environment to margin? That's fine at the okay. moment. All right. So, so two questions. Would you be in the sector at all? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Look, I yes. think I think you got. I think you got you it. As I say, right. you know, it's just close your eyes. After pay off, says all or zip. Oh, well, I won't oh. say zip because that'll upset you. <laughs> no, that's all right. Um, I think you go with the strength, but Sezzle at 400 million buck market cap, if they can continue to grow the way they're going, you can see the, ro you can see the roadmap. Right. You can see it stretching out in front of you. You can see the milestones, you know, a billion dollars worth of annualised revenue sales from their merchants, two billion. Afterpay is going to go to what? They're talking about 25 or something. Right. Um, so you can see that you can value okay. everything on the back of the big daddy at some mm. stage. And you'd go the big daddy. I'd, I'd go. The, I'd stick. I'd stick with the stick with the big daddy. Okay. I mean, there's some there's some there's some interesting little plays out there in that. And you know, dare I mention, there's one which has a um, has an afterpay uh, affiliation, which is listed in London called ThinkSmart. Right. Worth having a look at it. It owns part of ClearPay, which is the uh, UK operations right. of of afterpay. Um, and that is dirt cheap at the moment. Right. So there are, there are various ways of getting okay. get, getting getting into the sector. But I think if you if you, if you really um, if you really need to if you if you're not in it and you are going to be in it and that next up would leg in the um, in afterpay is going to come when all of those benchmark funds have to start buying it. Ah, uh, yeah, in the top two hundred. Top yeah, two, yeah well, top, you know, 20. Top, yep, 20, top twenty. Top twenty. Top yep. twenty. And that's it. And that's. And they're, and they're not and they're not just Australian funds; they're global funds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know. Okay. All right. Uh, I think the the best quote there is: "Yes, you've got to be in it, but with your eyes closed. Just hold on for the ride, <laughs> well, and probably it, don't don't bet the house on it." Well, it's no. a bit like I think it's a bit like the three blind monkeys. You know, see no evil, hear no evil, do no evil. I mean. All right. That's our stock of the day. Now let's take a look at your ten stocks. And uh, let's take a look at your 10 stocks with uh, Henry Jennings from Marcus Today and Kim Slater from Kimback Capital, uh, all part of the call today. First stock, uh, uh, Kim Carnarvon Petroleum, uh, an oil and gas sort of explorer, if you like, um, talks big about sort of trying to look at the Northwest Shelf. Northwest Shelf and um, that particular um, offshore Sunshine Basin, which is Timor Leste, right. and also onshore. Yeah, interesting, interesting stock. I, it's got a it got about one hundred and eighteen million dollars in cash in the um, on the balance sheet at the moment, and some pretty good and some pretty good prospects. So, I quite like the look of this one. It's about eighteen twenty cents a share. Um, can't can't go can't go can't go too too far wrong. As I say, plenty of prospects, well capitalised, well managed. Right. So, yeah, it's a buy in my, in, my, okay. in, my, in my book. Henry? I've had this one for a long time. It's been the bane of my life oh. to, to, to some extent. Um, should, have switched, should have switched into Afterpay, Henry. Should have switched yeah. into Afterpay. <laughs> um, it has been the bane of my life. 
it's, uh, it's part of the small cap portfolio that I run. It's, um, it's big, big thing that it's got is this 20% stake in uh, El Dorado, or yeah. Dur the Dorado uh, field. Santos has got the other 80%, which it bought out from uh, a consortium. And we are hoping for final kind of investment decision by the end of this year. So until that happens, it, that's huge. I mean, when it, first, when it first came on the scene, the stock price went absolutely nuts. It went from sort of 10, 12 cents to 60 cents. So yeah. it's big. And then Santos bought this 80% uh, stake off uh, the incumbent holders. And that kind of valued the whole thing, which took a little bit of the sizzle out of the, um, the stock for a while. But the final investment decision is the key to it. They're, they're trying to diversify a little bit. And as Kim says, they've got some cash. They're trying to diversify. They've got some 3D data from somewhere else uh, from a thing called Bedout. But really, Dorado is the key. This it's is a, a big company. 450 metres. Oh, it's, 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 it's um, a big company-making kind of yeah. asset. Uh, up on the northwest shelf. Well, if you really think, if you really think longer term, if they can get this up with the um, with the imbalance of the gas supplies that we have in Australia, like we don't have enough on the east coast, yeah. we've got shed loads on the west coast. Yeah. Yeah. Somehow, you know, whether it's tankers, pipelines, or whatever, that's got to get from there to there. So, yeah. you know, the, the, the question is going to be in the long run, where you know, what sort of infrastructure can be harnessed for this? Yeah. But it is definitely, it is definitely a global project. It's, it's, it's big. I mean, it is, it's a big project. I guess the problem that they've got is Santos owns 80 and they own 20%. 20, so yeah. they right. could get kind of squeezed out because you know, they're going to have to raise a lot of money for their part of the, the, the project right. uh, over time. So they could get squeezed out. But, you know, the valuation of the project You'd like to think that if it's that good, Santos just say, you know what, guys? We'll take it. We'll take your 20% yeah. and we'll make it 100% yep. ours. And, and then they become a sort of a, it's a Woodside size kind of discovery. So it, it's, right. it's big, but it's just taking so for, you've been forever. In, so <laughs> you're, you're holding on. Would you buy into it? Uh, I think at this, this price, the, you know, there's, there's not a lot of downside, but you're going to have to be patient. Right. There's probably, okay. you know, you could probably buy it in September, October. And wait for that decision. See all those grey hairs at Henry's yeah, yeah. got? They're all from Carnarvon. <laughs> They're all from um, Carnarvon. Okay, but do you buy Santos instead if it's such a massive field? Um, well, it just depends. Like Santos is geared to the, the oil price. I mean, yeah. in, in the, for, for Carnarvon, it's a massive thing. For Santos, it's just part of their portfolio. Oh, right. So you right. don't the, get... The leverage plays in, the lever, the lever, the in Carnarvon, yeah, not, right. not in, not in yeah. Santos. Okay. All right. There you go, Richard. Thank you for that suggestion. Our uh, next stop, stop from Debbie, is uh, they say they're a biotech company, which uh, sounds really good, but uh, they produce and sell hemp-derived products uh, to retailers in the United States and Australia, includes uh, um, sort of cannabis oil and, and pharmaceuticals, um, call, a company called Ecofiber. This uh, is a, this is an agricultural stock. An agricultural <laughs> this stock. Is an agri okay. They grow they grow hemp. Right. Yeah. And 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 their claim to fame is um, taking taking the hemp oil. Barry um, uh, Lambert's behind yeah. it. Yeah. Barry Count, Lambert, ex, ex yeah. founder of Count, Count Financial. Count, yeah. Yeah. Count, don't don't spell that wrong. No. <laughs> Not at all. <laughs> um, so, and they um, and and they refine. Hemp into um, into cannabis oil. So yep. th this is the great the great white the great white hope for this stock is yep. what they're going to do with with cannabis oil for uh, medicinal purposes. Yeah. Big market cap, yep. seven hundred over seven hundred million dollars. Wow. Share price two hundred and forty percent. So profit in the December half was about seven seven million bucks. 
revenues up, but they're very they're really really small numbers. Um, they supply Woolworths and IGA with hemp seed. Oh. Okay, so I think um, until I until I see more, uh, you know, more of a market build in this thing in terms of where their where where their revenues going. Um, to me, to me, it looks you know there's a lot of blue sky and it looks expensive. Yep. Okay, all right. So a no free code fiber, but Barry's, well, not Barry's, a, Barry's involved. It's, he, it's, so. it's a no, maybe, but right. you know, it's a time, it's a time, it's a timing. So, it's so a, to, a hold on it. A, a timing, it's a timing thing. Okay. Um, not really for me. I've got to say, it's um, it's popped up on our radar a number of times, and as Kim says, I mean, it's in hemp production. It, it does protein powders and all these sorts yeah. of things based on hemp. And my Facebook feed every now and then gets full up with the joys of hemp and how it's going to save the world and yeah. you know it's going to substitute everything in the world. You're still growing your own hemp, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure the garden would support that. Maybe that drone overhead would be a bit of a problem. But um, yeah, no, it's 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 bounced. It's pretty volatile. Yeah, you know, it's bounced. Uh, when did it get down to under a dollar forty? We're back up to two dollars forty. It had a, a high of three dollars eighty. It, it kind of bounces all over the place. It tries to dress itself up as a bit of a biotech rather yes. than just a, a, oh, well, a producer. It's, it's not. It's an agricultural store. Yeah. When you look at it, they're growing yeah. hemp and they're processing it. It's yeah. no different from a no different from a wheat farmer no. or you know um, cattle producer or stag or anything any, anything in that sphere. Yeah. Yeah. So you've got those you've got those sorts of risks associated yeah. with it. But Bar- Barry's been very much Barry Lambert's been very much on the medicinal yes. issue, yeah, and sure. that's yeah. where the growth is going to be. Is Involved well, in this potential, potential, and growth. knows how to run a business. Everyone thinks, "Oh, a marijuana business is run by no. a whole bunch of hippies." This one is certainly not. <laughs> no, some, some of those hippies have got serious. their head screwed on. Yeah, um, yeah, you know, they've just got some FDA approval to do some trials in the US. Yeah, um, so it, it's kind of it's an agri stock, as Kim says, but it's also got that that. I think that I think the interesting thing. Side. This is an interesting theme about that whole wellness sector. Yep. You know, and, you know, and it's absolutely huge around the world. And you know, it goes to the very core of well, is this wellness thing a fraud or what? Yeah. And the the thing about cannabis oil is, yeah, it seems to work for some some people. Does it work for all? We don't know. That's why the trials have to have to have to occur, and that's why I want to see you know some right. more mainstream more. medical research before you go. Yeah, you can really you can really okay. back this thing because it could be it could potentially become a big farmer. Yeah. But mm. you know, at the moment, I think the jury's the jury's still waiting for a decision. Early for it. Okay. Yeah. There you go, Debbie. Thanks for the suggestion. Next suggestion comes from Bucello, um, Fleetwood Corporation. And Henry, this is um, a company that builds big mining camp accommodation caravan, caravans, 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 and demountables and things like that, isn't it? It is, it is. It also does the common or garden um, caravans right. for, for, for mum and dad, uh, the grey nomads to. to yep. To uh, go around the place. This came out with a, uh, a profit, well, not a profit update, but an update on COVID yesterday, which was quite well received by the market. The problem with this one, and I, I kind of like it because I like that theme of the caravan yep. uh, and the, the, the driving holidays and the fact that mining is still doing relatively well because of its remote nature. And there's not been too many problems uh, on the mining side. And that was certainly what the company said yesterday. It just doesn't trade very much. Oh. You know, there was about 55,000 shares traded yesterday after that announcement. 60,000 shares traded today, and it's down 2.2%. I think so. I think currently the biggest showroom is the New South Wales Queensland border oh. and, the, and the New South Wales <laughs> Vic, Vic, Victoria border. Yeah. You know, they're, all, they're all they're all lined up either side. 
with the massive queues along. But because uh, Jayco's not a listed company, is it? No, but, no. So, and that's our biggest caravan yeah. sort of group. But, but I mean, there are a few ways, I guess, to play that the, the drive the driving holiday theme. Um, and that was one of the reasons why I, I've yeah. been quite attracted to this one. Well, ARB just came up on the ticker as well. Yeah, ARB, and, and, and there's Apollo yeah, as well, which yeah. uh, rents out the camper vans. But you're, yeah. you're, you're right. It's got a $160 million market cap. It's, 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 ti- it's tiny. Yeah. It's yeah. tiny. And, 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 that makes it, and that makes it difficult to get, not only when, if you do get in, but to get out. That's the, that's the problem. It's just the liquidity is an issue. But, you know, I think it's, it's had a pretty good recovery. And yeah. clearly, the, the the impacts of COVID nineteen are not making making life too difficult for them. In fact, they, they said yesterday some people actually paid before the deadlines for their for their caravans and demountables and some of the projects they, they were going for. Right. So um, instead of just waiting till they had to pay, they've actually put the money in. Well, I think the new idea of a camping holiday to get away early. New, yeah. new idea <laughs> of a ca- caravaning holiday is you park the caravan in the back backyard and you know yeah, yeah. move from, move from the house to the caravan. Yeah. yeah. And, and take in the kids. Are you are you a caravanning family, Henry? No, no. Well, I, I ask. Well, I'm a camping family. Well, I, well, I ask yes. around all of my circle of friends and say, who <coughs> goes caravanning? Who goes camping? Mm. Absolutely nobody. So I don't. Oh. Know, you know. Oh, no. Well, camping. Yeah. Yes. Do, do you follow Scott Phillips from Motley Fool? Who? Um, yeah, yeah. So he's camping at the moment and actually bogged himself uh, <laughs> no, yesterday. Really? So I've I've kept the photos for when he's back on the call. And uh, I, I'm more of a uh, well, I guess nowadays more. You're a, bit a glamper. More. No, I'm actually the other way. I'm more a hiker with with a tent oh. and get into oh, the, the hard the hardcore stuff. Oh, the hardcore stuff. I'm, car camping yeah. is kind of yeah, nuts. No, no. It's a bit namby pamby. <laughs> <laughs> I'll mention that, Drew. I'll uh, team you up. Sorry, oh, Scott. Yeah. Uh, that's, two, that's two shows in a row I've had a coffee. Yeah, 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 you've had a coffee. <laughs> so, uh, yes or no for Fleetwood? Uh, it's a hold. Hold? Uh, no. I know. Yeah, uh, and it's just a bit too thinly traded. All right, um, thank you for that suggestion. Next one from Tim, Horizon Holdings. Um, now, this is the... Uh, the rail company, the rail freight company that was previously QR National um, and floated on the exchange. So, a bit of an infrastructure business here. Ken. I think this really depends on what your view on coal is. Yep. Um, and I would, before before I'd invest in, 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 in this, I'd be framing my investment decision around where do I think coal is going? Yep. What's the price of coal? What's global demand? Because this thing is coal. It takes mm. them from point A to point B. It's yep. part of the infrastructure chain. If you if you don't think there's a future for coal, you yep. wouldn't you wouldn't invest in this. You're only investing in this if you think there's a long term future in coal because this is a capital intensive business, extremely yep. capital intensive. Margins are okay, but you know, the barriers to entry are high. But mm. are there are there going to be the end buyers for the uh, for, for the product, or are they going to be you know just empty empty um, yeah. coal cars going up and down the rails? Yeah. So what do you what's your view? I'm my view on it at the moment is as an infrastructure stock, it's probably pretty fairly priced. It's about a five percent dividend, so yeah. dividend yield. So P is sixteen times doesn't really doesn't really do anything for me because I think it's a you know, I think it's an. It, I'm not saying it's an industry on the way out, but right. you know, there's an industry, It's got question marks around it, so I, I think there are better places for your okay. money. Uh, you get the two sides. You get the anti coals going, oh, environment, 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 and then you get the pro coals saying, well, Japan's just um, um, 
constructed a whole bunch of so-called clean coal power stations, and this is the way to go. So yep. there'll always be a future for coal. So well, I, rec I reckon uranium. If you get, if you want to invest in in energy, uranium is the way to go. Oh, I mean, that, that's just, just, just a lot. Just a lot. Just a lot. Just a lot. That one. <laughs> in. Oh. Um, I think we should park that one. Yeah, yeah. For, for later let, discussion. Let, let's, go, let's go Horizon first. Horizon. Right I mean, it is, as Kim says, it's an infrastructure stock. It's a coal play. It's got a pretty good yield around five, five and a half percent. They haven't updated the market about anything really substantially problematic as far as COVID-19 yeah. goes. They have talked about. Uh, lessening of demand out of uh, Southeast Asia, India as well. Uh, they have uh, refinanced the debt, uh, which is around $1.5 billion worth of refinancing they've done, which is a positive as well. And they are doing an on-market buyback. Given they're doing an on-market buyback, this is probably a slow train slightly higher. Right. So, but it, but it, it's hard to get really excited. Slow train from Charters Towers. Slow train from, slow train from Mount Isa or somewhere. Right. But it, it's, it's hard to get excited, but it's kind of got that grindy higher. It's, it's relatively safe as well to some extent, as all infrastructure right. stocks can be. If the market does start to go through some conniptions. I, I don't know. Tell the people, in, the investors in Sydney Airport that it's a reasonably safe investment. Well, yeah. got, they bought themselves a nice parking lot for a yeah. while. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, but... Um, you know, you look at Transurban and, and APA, they're, they're relative, you know, we've seen traffic come back and yeah. traffic is, you know, apart from the fact Melbourne's now gone into lockdown, but still uh, the traffic numbers haven't been disastrous, not yep. as disastrous as airport uh, figures, of course. So it's a safe-ish, relatively high-yielding play. Yes, it's coals in, you know, it's falling off in demand around the world in terms of, you know, being the energy source of the future, but it's always going to have a place, I think. So slow grind. Higher, nothing very exciting. Though. Okay, so not for you. Well, it's, it's, if, if you're looking for somewhere to hide in this market, and, and plenty of investors okay, do, do hide mm. in, in defensive stocks, um, yep. and they do have their attractions. Similarly, you know, Telstra could be viewed as a defensive stock, and that's done pretty well recently. Yep. This, this is one of those stocks that you okay. could probably park some cash in and not have too much in terms of So risk. the hand grenade... The hand grenade. When you get into uranium, uranium's always had this big promise, but never really never, never, never really delivered. It's political. The, the, part of the problem with uranium... Well, so is coal, but... No, no. Well, part of the problem with uranium is that it, ha it trades on long-term contracts. Yeah. Because unlike coal, a coal-fired power station, if the coal runs out tomorrow because of pricing, you can close down the power station. With the uranium, with a nuclear power station, mm -hmm. you can't close the thing down. Um, they tried that in Japan and it didn't go too well. Yep. So the, everything is done on a long-term pricing contract. So the spot price of uranium can fiddle around a little bit, but it's all down to long-term pricing. And to be honest, there's very few quality uranium stocks in the Australian market. Everyone goes to Paladin, mm. which has got a mine that's on care and maintenance. Everyone goes, oh, it's gonna, uranium's fantastic. It's and it's only one cent. And then you know, ERA came and went. Their, their yeah. day um, finished. Yep. with Ranger up in, uh, in the Northern Territory. So there's a few other little players like Alligator Energy, I think, up in uh, NT as well, which is kind of on the periphery. But it's just so hard to get set in uranium. It's just, mm. Kim might have a, a, a yeah, bunch, I, of, so a you bunch threw, of stocks. So you threw the hand grenade. Yeah, you well, threw I, the I, grenade. I, I, you, you, can't, you can't throw it back. <laughs> yeah, you, you, I put the pin back in. <laughs> well, no, I was... I, <laughs> you caught me on the hop. No, I think I think you're right. Look, it's it's a it's a difficult it's a difficult sector to, to invest in. Meanwhile, though, there is still a global um, rollout of um, uranium power stations happening. Right. I mean, China's yeah. building 
28 of the new things that you know they're still being built in in Japan. So the uranium has to come from has to come from somewhere. Um, I, I think Henry Henry's Henry's right. It's difficult difficult to find a local stock to invest in. And to be sure, I haven't really looked at the global um, right. the, the global leaders. So you chuck the grenade in without yeah. any. Yeah, well, I was ducking in the foxhole <laughs> after I chucked. You just hope that I'd pick it up and throw it somewhere else. Yeah, yeah, Fine. Yeah. Okay. okay. Yes. So basically, no on the local market. <laughs> yeah. All right, our food stock Keep comes going. from uh, from James, big gold uh, producer and explorer. Some Barbara um, had a big. Share price run the last week or so. Um, Ooh, operations in New Guinea and um, in Canada as well as Western Australia, Leonora Goldmine, which is a, a pretty famous one. Well, anything with G in front of it, it's been running. I mean, if you've been following the sector, yeah, it's been from the the absolute absolute penny dreadfuls up to you know the, your, your majors like Newcrest, which have been been galloping along like your giddy art. Yeah. Um, and that's been driven by the gold price moving through 1800 bucks yep. an, an ounce. This is an interesting one because it's got, um, it's got the big exposure in P&G, which is Sinbiri, um, which is a potentially 13-year life mine, um, all in statutory costs around 920 bucks an ounce. Looks, looks quite good. So, I mean, one of the things you always, when, you, when, you, when you're looking at gold producers is, what are their forward reserves like? What are their mm. what are their jock resources like? Because there's no point in buying a thing that's on a declining declining reserves. Yeah. And um, uh, SBM looks look, looks looks pretty mm. looks pretty good at the moment. Okay, all right. So a yes from you. Yeah, for yeah, yeah for me on that one. What about you, Henry? Um, I, I like St Barbara. I, you know, there's a number of quality Australian gold miners around. Yeah, this this is one of them. Yeah. They had some issues last year. I think it's fair to say with production. So the Sons of Gualia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Gualia. Um, and the stock was punished and was put in the naughty corner for some time. They look as if they've resolved those issues. And it's got, as Kim says, it's got G in the name. It's got gold. I mean, it's, <laughs> at the moment, gold is 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 the hedge, and we've seen. The market seems to be having a bit of an each way at the moment. We've seen NASDAQ and US markets booming. China's going nuts. Uh, our market is hardly, uh, you know, it's not no shrinking violet either at 6,000, given what's going on around the world yep. and disconnect. But then people are piling into gold as well. So they're having a bit each way at the moment. And I think that's going to continue. It's just gone through, bullion's just gone through 1,800 US. But in Aussie dollar terms, it's been really, really, really strong. strong as well. Right. Um, so that that's really good for our Aussie miners, and, and St Barbara has been riding that wave. Even when it's back to sort of seventy cents now, um, yeah, it's still pretty firm in Aussie dollars. Twenty five forty, twenty five fifty. I think I think, the, I think the interesting thing about the gold producers generally, you can say, is that they're all going to be awash with cash at these yep. Aussie Aussie conversion rates, and they'll all be locking in, you know, forward forward production. So I think it's a world class sector for us, isn't it? Correct. Oh, after after all, after all, after all, we are really good at this. Yeah, yeah, we're really good at this. So I can so I can see that you know you can start. To, you know how we've been seeing these fantastic yields out of the you know BHPs and Fortescues yep. of the world. Yep. I think we can start to see the gold sector starting to ramp it, ramp up the as dividend, dividend plays. as as yeah. dividend plays. Yeah, because okay. you know it, there gets to a point in the cycle where in the in the in the old days, what a good old fashioned gold producer would do was as the cycle was going up, the gold price was going up, they'd buy more ground and they'd buy more ground. Well, yeah. you know, the gold producers are waking up to the fact that you don't buy at the peak of the cycle, you buy at the <laughs> bottom of the cycle. So when you've got cash, yep. what, the best thing you can do is start to return that to shareholders. Right, okay. Oh, so I think that's always, you know, it's yeah. an interesting okay. thing to keep, you know, when you're looking at your Northern Stars and 
and, yep. and, and, and the like. I think also, you know, the gold miners, because they went through such a terrible time. Purgatory. They, they, yeah, they went through a really bad time when gold, no one wanted gold. Yep. They, so they got on top of the costs and they were really good at getting the cost down. And it's a simple business. It's the same as yep. Fortescue. They dig dirt up, they process it, and it's valuable. Yep. Um, it, it's relatively simple. It's about grade. It's about getting those efficiencies and cutting costs and making sure that what you think you've got in the ground is actually what you're digging up because right. you don't want to. Well, here's, a, here's, here's a couple for you. You can have another one. Have a look at Musgrave Resources, which has been on the been on the giddy up, and the other one's um, Metrionics Resources, and they're, right. they're both in WA. One's in the one's in the Pilbara region, and one's in um, in in that Q region. You know, and they're both you know really interesting. Right. One's a miner, or one's a minor producer. One's a not so minor producer. Right. But you know, there's um, there, there's plenty. Of, there are plenty of new discoveries yeah. that are happening all yeah. the, all the time. And you look at our trade figures, uh, the trade surplus. A lot of that is because of record exports of gold at the moment as well. Everyone yep. focuses on yep. iron ore and coal, but gold's really played its way. Uh, so there you go, James. Uh, a good nod of approval from Henry and Kim there on St Barbara. Uh, let's just recap the first um, five stocks of the 10 plus our stock of the day. Stock of the day was Sezzle. Uh, a yes from Henry. Um, Kim would prefer to go with Afterpay. And if you want a smart way into Afterpay, uh, think smart in the UK. Think, not thick. Think. Yeah, I thought you said thick. Think smart. Think smart. Think smart in the UK. That's exactly. As a cheap way. Um, or a value way, put it that way, into into Afterpay. Carnarvon Petroleum, uh, a yes from both uh, Kim and Henry. Ecofibre, um, a hold and a watch from Kim, a no from Henry. Uh, Fleetwood, a hold from Henry, a no from uh, Kim. Horizon, uh, boring stock, but if you want a good defensive stock going forward, the big rail company that freights all the coal, um, good defensive stock if you want a boring one in your portfolio, yes. And St Barbara, yes as well. Um, before we get into the next five, uh, just a programming note coming up on the Pulse at 1.45. We turn our attention to gold and the skyrocketing price with Jordan Alessio from the Perth Mint. That's this afternoon only on Ausbiz. Geez, that'd be an interesting conversation with him. Yeah. With I mean with all the all of the Jordan's you know, a good guy. Yeah, yeah, but all the stuff that's been happening with oh. Perth Mint about the you know the the conflict the conflict gold. Yes, yes, exactly. I'm sure that's on Nadine's uh, question list <laughs> for him today, that's it is for now. sure. <laughs> um, all right, let's go to our six stock uh, suggested by Trish. Uh, Rhino Med. Um, I hadn't heard of right Yeah, well, we're, we're, we're all in the demographics yeah, of this. Yeah, I know. It's, yeah. a, it's a snoring. Um, it's a, they call it a mute nasal dilator for snoring reduction. And um, it sort of is a stent that dilates your, uh, your nose um, and stops snoring. So um, I was interested in this for my wife, who's the snorer of the couple. Um, but my father... <laughs> Yeah, my father. Well, my father was a, a big supporter of Resmed because um, of their uh, issues. So is this a sort of a cheap version of, no. of <laughs> sleep apnea? Or no, oh, well, it might well, be it's a cheap. A, it's a version of. It's a, a version, version of. It's it. a version of. I mean, they're coming at the problem in a different way. It's, yes. a, it's a twenty million dollar market cap. They've just raised six and a half million bucks at seven point seven cents. Again, it just doesn't trade. 
This right. is this is slipping. Oh, look at that this chart. Is, this, yeah. is, this is thirty-eight slipping, down to eight. Slipping quietly into a into a sleep mode, right. Right. Uh, I think, and probably a little bit silently. They've just done a deal with the U.S. drugstore to roll out um, a bunch of their product through a, a bunch of uh, U.S. drugstore chains. Right. Um, it's obviously a cheap way of um, eliminating snoring, and I, I guess snoring yeah. is a big problem for some. Um, but it's not a ResMed, yeah. it's not a Fisher & Pankel. Right, okay. It's just, you know, there, there's been a few out there. There was one that did um, a thing that you had in your jaw. Right, um, like a mouth guard thing. Yeah, which was like that. a mouth guard yeah. thing, which I can't remember the name of the thing, but you used... And then there's a clip on your nose. Yeah, yeah there's, 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 all, there's lots, lots of, of different approaches to this. And then this. there's a clip under the ear. Yeah. There's, there's always the clip <laughs> exactly. under the ear. Or the pillow over the face, yeah. what my wife tends to do, which is probably... <laughs> you're snoring again, there you go. But ever, everyone, I suppose you can be so, sort of, I was going to say sucked in, but enticed is probably a better word, sort of thinking, okay, ResMed's been fantastic. This, uh, everyone wants a baby whatever, is it? whether it's a baby A2 or a baby afterpay. Yeah. You know, this could be a, the value, a baby ResMed, but no. The value trap. Right, yes. The value, okay. value trap. There's only one ResMed. Right. Yeah, because, I mean, this, you've got to remember, yeah. being... This sort of market cap size, what was it, 14 million? 20, 20 mil. 20 mil. Um, they've raised six and a half million. That's, they're gonna, probably going to burn that in the next six months. <laughs> right. So they're going to be coming they'll back. They'll be to, back again. They'll be back <laughs> right. again and again. Right. It's and a lifestyle again. business. It's yeah. a lo- you know, exactly. So, uh, you know, if, uh, you, if, you're uh, buying it, if you're buying it cheaply in the placement yeah. or whatever it is, and, yeah. you, and you've got an opportunity to trade out of it, do so, but right. otherwise, you know, avoid. Okay. All right. I know for Rhino Med. Uh, Leslie wants an opinion on Unity uh, Group. It's uh, basically one of these companies that gets spawned out of the NBN, isn't it? And says, mm. okay, you can you can use us to make your NBN quicker, or we have an alternative for it. Um, a few of those around. They just they just acquired. A group, yep. haven't they? Opticon they have. as yeah, well Opticon. for a fair bit of money, five hundred thirty-two yeah. million. Yeah, and had a cap raise as well, right. two hundred seventy mil along the way. The interesting thing about this is that Opticon has really boosted the um, boosted the EBITDA line of this thing, and it's got a market cap of about five hundred and twenty mil. And I think the Opticon acquisition boosts EBITDA to about 80, $80, 90 million dollars. So mm-hmm. this is this is a company company making acquisition and the guys behind it uh, behind unity are uh, Vaughan uh, Bowen and I think Michael Simons is the other guy now these guys have got form in this sector with data centers and the, and the like oh, okay. so they're pretty they're, they're pretty switched on um, pretty switched on performer or, or, or um, contenders so you bet with, with with something like this you always want to be backing good management and I think this is an interesting one where you could be looking at a price target of somewhere around two twenty-five, two fifty. It's about a dollar fifty at the moment. Right. So there's some decent, okay. up, decent right. upside, upside in it. I kind of like this one, but I think it may need a bit, bit of time. Um, I always get a bit nervous about company making acquisitions because you've got a clash of two cultures, and it takes a little while for the management of one to get used to the management of the other out. one and yep. work out the egos and bed everything down. They have just done a rights issue at $1.40 as well, so that puts a little bit of a weight on the stock price. But I think in time, as Kim says, I mean, these guys know what they're doing. Right. But it's just, the, you know, when you start talking about company makers and big, big acquisitions, 
I just get a little bit nervous that you need to see how things play out and you need to get the three month, because they come in and do the old, well, nothing's going to change for six months. And then, of course, in six months' time, everything changes. I, th- yeah. I, think, one of the, I think one of the interesting things generally about the market is that we're, what, six weeks away from the beginning of the reporting season? Yeah. I mean, we've started to see some you know, initial guidance to where those results are. But for a large portion of the, uh, the, the market, we're you know we're we're running blind mm. in you know post COVID as to what yep. the, what a what the results are going to be and more importantly what the forward looking statements are going to be so yeah. you know you've got you've got to be I think if you think about the market generally at the moment you've got to be pretty careful about where you where you tread because there's a lot mm. of landmines mm. out there mm. uh, but with this one I th- I think this one's priced I'm diverged from Henry's point of view at the moment I think this one is priced to be bought at this point in time okay. post the post the post the acquisition. And I get, as Kim says, there are a lot of landmines out there. So if you've got companies that have no landmine potential because they've been COVID-proofed for whatever reason, maybe like Kogan, that they've actually benefited from, yep. from the lockdowns and things, they are going to attract even more money and the valuation on them is going to get pushed even right. further away from the ones that suddenly come up with a landmine, even you know, like a landmine we saw from Adbri the other day when they lost that $70 million contract with Alcoa. I mean, yeah. that, that was a landmine yeah. that no one really saw coming yeah. because that had been a long-term contract. So um, the certainty stocks, and this could be one of those, and ones that are, have got a certainty about the outlook and the forecast and things, are going to suck in investment dollars and push those valuations up, whereas the ones that have a bit, yeah, yeah, a bit we, are going to start to yeah. slip away. So we're going to get this kind of divergence in the market. But I do like this stock. And okay. I, I say, as Kim says, management of these small caps, especially in this telco place, is really important and these guys are good operators okay. it just for me i just need to see a little bit of a three-month yep. update on how the transaction has gone okay how it settled down yeah there you go Leslie. good analysis there um henry what about uh, dxn limited uh builds owns operates data centers um i tell you yeah, what we're going down some interesting rabbit holes today uh, yeah, we are. Some, some of these stocks I've never. Uranium. And DXN. I don't uh, yeah. What the hell is DXN? Yeah. Yeah. Everyone focuses on Next DC, don't they, as the big well, data centre group. And this, this is a minnow, and I hadn't come across it, to be honest, yeah. but this is a minnow in the data centre business, which is so. Um, everyone wants to get into data centres. Yeah. You know, Next mm. DC well, and, the, and the whole Megaport and the whole. It's just. And even you know, Macquarie Telecom, that's gone extraordinarily mm. well. And don't forget, Telstra's got a big data yep. centre business as well. They, they've got a quite a big cloud presence. So this one looks kind of interesting to me because it is a fraction, literally, of, of the, the next season. 13, 13 million market yeah. cap. It's tiny. Wow. So, Absolutely you know, it's, tiny. It's, it's been listed long. And no. Well, yeah. At a peak of 32 cents. So well, the interesting... Story on data centres, but... The interesting thing about it, it's got revenue of about 3 million bucks. Right. And... $740,000 of that, so a significant portion of that $3 million has come from one contract with um, mm. Australian Gas, I think Australian Gas and something or other, right. to supply them with a data centre in Perth. Mm. One of the issues, though, with these small stocks is that, again, it's got pretty high cash burn. Right. And their cash burn is about, you know, six, seven hundred k per, per quarter. So one of the things you've got to, you know, you've got to keep your eye on is how much you know how much yep. cash is on the cash on the balance sheet. So they've probably they've had a cap they've got had a cap raise. They've got a hundred uh, one point five million in cash at the moment. So they're probably 
probably good for another six months, but they will be they will be coming back to the market. Right. And the, the interesting thing is, well, you know, how quickly can they start to build this build this revenue stream? Because if they can get this revenue stream up into you know good double figures, hmm. then the market's going to go look at okay. it and say, you know, okay, we can now put this on a, on a reasonable market cap. Okay. But at the moment, you know, it's probably it's worth a punt. What do you reckon? I reckon it's as good as the three thirty at um, Flemington. Yep. Right. Yep. <laughs> Horse number three or horse, horse number five? Horse so, number five, I think. Horse number five, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah no, I, I think, you know, clearly data centres is a very capital-intensive business and, and you need to have, um, I guess, you need to have some presence and some size to be able to pull off those deals. Yeah. Because, um, you know, if you're borrowing 100 million bucks to, to build something, which is yeah. um, obviously beyond these guys, but um, it's an interesting one in that yeah. space. It's a tiddler. It might certainly be worth a little bit of a okay. punt. All right. There you go, Matt. Thanks for bringing it up. So uh, made us all focus yeah, no, our attention really... on DXN and get away from the megaports and the next DCs, which are grabbing all the headlines at the moment. All right, our next stock has been suggested by Tina. Is it um, Alasa Gold Corp um, owns um, uh, a gold company or a gold mine in Turkey, but it's it's had a takeover bid, hasn't it? Yeah. Uh, in May from a, a Canadian company. Yes. SSR, I think, is bidding for the thing. Yeah. The equivalent value of about $9.14 a share. Yeah. I think the share price at the moment is about $9.90 or something like that. $9.76. Okay, actually, yeah. well, it's trading at a premium to the uh, to the bid. bid yeah. And that's primarily due to, the, due to what's been happening with the gold price. So don't know how this one's going to play out. This um, they, they call this a merger of two equals, so it's, a, it's kind of a, like a, a share right. deal. Right. So they're, they're putting the two together to create a bigger entity and size yeah. is, is clearly a good thing. Uh, the market certainly believes that. As I say, they're trading at $9.76 up uh, 3% today, so they're doing well. Okay. A lot of the gold stocks are in the winner's circle today. I, I don't mind this one, but again, it comes down to, I guess putting gold companies together is somewhat easier in some respects than right. putting um, the unities together with the Opticoms because yeah. the, the culture in there and there, it's just mining culture. So yeah. there might be a bit of egos at yeah. play. But I think uh, generally that the, the fact that they're creating this um, this behemoth, I guess, yeah. is, uh, is so you'll get SSR script for this. Um, yeah, you get a, you get you a, get a, script a new thing. You get a new entity. Oh, right. well, script and some cash, I think, right. is, yeah. the, okay. um, is the uh, the payment right. the payment terms. But so if you're in it, it's a good deal for you. Well, if yeah. it's yeah. in it, you get got into it. Whoa, it's above the. But you, I mean, you got it. You got You got a backstop there. Yeah. Um, I mean, really, at this, at these sorts of prices, it's a punt on the gold price. Yeah. I mean, okay. you know. So, would you really want to? No, probably not. Yeah. I think. I think there's probably better. I think there's better. Better gold plays to have. Mm. Yeah. It's cleaner, probably cleaner gold plays. Right. Mm. But okay. um, you know, a merger of two equals uh, can create. Two and two and, can and, make five. And let's right. and let's face it, you've always got, you know, gold mines in Turkey. What does that tell yeah. you? There's yeah. always, you know, that sovereign, sovereign. <laughs> you know, there's like gold mine, gold, gold mines in Africa. Yeah. You know, there's there's sovereign there's sovereign risk around it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. All right, uh, there you go, Tina. And our final stock um, that I never really heard of, but um, is like a pay now, um, buy now, pay later sort of stock, but for lawyers and accountants that they can stick their clients in by the sound of it. Uh, quick fee uh, has been suggested by Emma. 
Um, apparently they focus, or there's a bit of a specialty into family law. So you can sort that's, of... That sounds expensive just to start <laughs> with. Well, no, and that's the reason. It's sort, of, it's sort of a payment plan for clients of accountants and lawyers. For accountants and lawyers, they get the, some security of the money actually going to be paid up. And well, well I think, I think so. this is really about this archaic system that still exists um, you know, in places like America where they still use checks. Right. And this is a payment system or a factoring system, if you like, where the with both both accountants and lawyers yeah. hand their invoice yeah. across to so it's invoice financing invoice financing yep, yep, exactly yep. I mean which has been around since you know Jesus put, played fullback for Nazareth yeah. um, so <laughs> you know you, you give it you, you factor you factor your invoice um, and the financier takes you know ten percent off the top and then he's yep. got the responsibility for or they have the responsibility for for, for fo- collecting for, it. for, for, for collecting yep. it. I mean so it's a it's a pretty it's a pretty simple, um, pretty simple business model, but again, you know, how much scale can they build in this? Like in uh, in, in, uh, in the yeah. buy now pay later um, sector, how many people are going to get onto the platform and actually actually start to use it? And they reckon they've got, I think, something like twenty five percent of the top US four hundred CPA firms have signed mm-hmm. up so far. So you know they're kicking they're kicking some goals, um, but um, look. You know, there's not a, it, it's, um, there's no, there's no profit in the thing yet, mm. and it's all about, and it's all about building, it's all about building revenue stream and um, right. and, and user numbers. So, okay. yeah, it's 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 in, it's interesting. Um, probably, I'd I'd want to um, wait and see how this develops. But yeah, there are some parallels with this one with with zero in the early days. You know, everyone said, well, how long is zero going to take to get yep. going? And there were you know a few false starts. And if you look. Um, four or five years down the track from when that got off the ground, you know, it's been a fantastic performer. Sure. This, this could be, this could, could oh, be in okay. that category. Worth that, a look. Worth a look. Okay. Um, it's run really, really hard. Yeah. In the last, I mean, let's face it, buy now, pay later is the new gold rush. Anybody that's, anybody just mentions yeah. buy now, pay later and you're, yeah. you're in, you know, like Flynn. And these, these guys, accounting and uh, that side of things and the lawyers that, you know, we know how expensive they are and how good it is to have a sort of a payment plan for these guys. Uh, They had a business update uh, in the last couple of days. Uh, They have one today, which um, sent the stock price down 13%. It ran really, really, really hard pre this update. I think it's probably a smidge overvalued, um, but you know, it's one of those things that if if the zeitgeist is there for buy now, pay later stocks, they can push these things up to, to wherever I think it's only market caps around 120 mil. Mm-hmm. So in the big scheme of buy now pay later, it's a it's a tiddler. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. I know that some of our subscribers have been asking me about it right. and uh, suggesting it, and it's it's you know it's run from 50 to 90 yeah. in the last uh, week or so. So yeah. when you're hot, you're hot. Come yeah, down to earth. A bit I think they need to come down to earth a little bit. Looking at the uh, the business update, uh, the June quarter they had 136 million US in transaction volume. It's you know it's 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 big, mm. but it's not that big yet. Right. So okay. um, may, maybe there is a market right. there for it, but you know it's it's not difficult to compete with these guys as well. Mm. You know, yeah. I mean the whole thing about you know again with buy now pay later and these types of and and, and quick fee is that it's all technology based. Yeah. So you know probably the it, it's probably one of the, to to flip it around. You probably look at look. Look, look more at the platform provider than the um, right. and, 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 and the payment systems. 
And one of the ones that we've been following for quite some time has been EML, which is yep. in our payment system yeah. space, which is, you know, sort of it's done really well. It's yeah. done, done, done really well. So, you know, the, the, there, is, there, is, there is potential, but um, it's, um, it's, it's difficult to know. I mean, again, it's a bit like, you know, you're closing your eyes and jumping in the deep end with something like this yeah. because it's all about how, how big they can build their, um, their addressable market. Yep. Okay. Mm. All right. So there you go, Emma. Um, um, a good analysis there for you. Um, big thanks to Henry Jennings from Marcus Today and Kim Slater from uh, Kimber Capital. Good to see you both. Pleasure. Um, Pleasure. Yep. Check them out on their website, Marcus Today. How many subscribers? Not enough. We Not can enough. always we can always have more. Excellent. Though. If you we want to always keep up have today. More. All right. Let's just recap the uh, the final five stocks. Uh, right, I made a no. Unity Group, a yes from uh, Kim. Uh, see how the acquisition settles down from uh, uh, from Henry, but likes the stock. Uh, DXN um, in the, the data exchange business, uh, data center business, three cents worth a punt. If you uh, uh, your TAB money, if you like, that you normally <laughs> put on the on the horses. Uh, Elsa a no, and quick fee a uh, worth keep your watch on. Um, from Kim, or Kim's going to be doing that, and Henry a no. So thank you for your uh, suggestions, for your 10 stocks for today. If you'd like to suggest some stocks, uh, you can do so, email them in the call at ausbiz.com.au or through Twitter, our Twitter handle is at ausbiztb. Um, and coming up uh, between two and three this afternoon is the Startup Daily Show, of course, which is all things tech and private equity and venture capital. Uh, stick around for that. But uh, and Jordan Pierce from Farm to Market is one of the farmer, uh, one of the founders that is coming on Startup Daily at two fifteen. Uh, stand by for the pulse. That's after the break. <laughs> 